Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Saturday night, Indiana, the crowd at Indiana, I felt bad because once they went into overtime, they kept having to like move to one side of the stadium, move to the next side of the stadium. A lot of exercise in calisthenics, I guess. The answer would be to have a full stadium and then you can't move back and forth. But Indiana, a 29-27 win over the Akron Zips. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joins us now. Don, I'll begin with this. I'll be honest with you. I knew nothing about Akron. I know that there are people that wanted to like roll their eyes at a, at an overtime win over Akron. But in watching that game, I knew nothing about this kid, Dom, but that DJ Irons for Akron, I'll give him all the credit in the world, man. That dude is one of those guys I loved watching him play because um, you want to talk about a guy that just seemingly had the heart of a lion of trying to carry his team. I thought what you saw out of the Akron quarterback was as gutsy a performance as you're going to see probably this year in college football. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but I thought he was a heck of a player. Well, he did. He had a heck of a game. I, he might have had the best game of his life. Uh, there's no question that there were some question marks about him coming into the contest based on the people that I talked to from Akron because they thought he had been pretty inconsistent with his play up to that point in the season. And last year, kind of the same scenario. However, uh, in that ball game, uh, he looks like Talia Tungavaloa that we're going <laughs> to in Maryland next week. <laughs> no, he, he did. Was phenomenal with his scrambling ability. He, 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 he threw the ball well. I mean, he, he did all the things that you want your quarterback to do and without question almost beat Indiana I don't want to say single-handedly, but close. No, it felt it that way, right? Performance, yeah. Well, did. and so, Don, I guess the question would be this. That does give glimpse. You know, if you're an optimist, you would say that that's a good preview for what Indiana faces in Maryland. But if you're a pessimist, you would say it illuminates a real area of need for Indiana to shore up quickly. Can they do so in terms of defensively between now and then? I hope so, because if they can't, they're going to get blown out because Maryland's a really good football team. They're 4-0. They've beaten everybody significantly that they've played so far this year. Um, Loxley's done a really good job from a coaching perspective and getting the players in there. that uh, They've always had really good skill players, always had speed, athleticism in their athletes, but honestly, um, they're on a roll right now. And to get them stopped... Indiana's going to have to play the best game that they played up to this point, and it can't be 15 minutes or 30 minutes of good football. It's got to be 60 minutes of really good football if they're going to win it. Don, you'll take wins wherever you can in a quest to get a bowl appearance. As you look back at that game and look post-game from the Hoosiers, would you describe the atmosphere more as frustration or or relief after that one? I would call it frustration. Um, It was relief to win it. But it just lasted long enough to remember what how, what else happened in the rest of the football <laughs> game because what we saw was just it was inexplicable. I mean, literally, I have no idea what happened defensively in this contest to, to a defense that we thought might carry this team for a while while the freshman quarterback and and the rest of this offense caught up to them. 
Uh, and then the offense looked like a bunch of guys that just didn't have everything going for them on that particular evening. You had two of your best receivers. Donovan McCulley dropped a touchdown pass. I mean, there was nobody around him, and he drops a ball that literally should have been caught and turned around and ran into the end zone. Uh, it was just such an easy play to make, and he and he and he dropped it. And that's, I mean, you don't see Donovan McKelly drop passes like that hardly ever, uh, especially this year after he's really improved himself so much over the last two years now. And then Cam Camper, your best receiver, he drops one just like it. I mean, not not quite that significant. Uh, wasn't going to probably go for a touchdown, but it would have going to pick up big yardage of the play and he dropped it so you had two of your best receivers make mistakes and then of course you had your quarterback Taven Jackson who had obviously his worst game so far in the first four games of the season so uh, and, and that's not uh, you're, you're going to have a freshman quarterback make some mistakes every now and then and that, that's just what you expect but unfortunately it came in a ball game where Indiana really needed to be much better than they were throughout and they just had the good fortune of finding a way to win it at the end, helped out by the fact that the Akron kicker missed the game-winning field goal from about 30 yards out. Don, I'm going to use one of sports broadcasting's biggest cliches here, and I apologize for that. But since we are four games in now, do we yet know Indiana's football identity this year? Or are they still is the incons- is their identity inconsistency? That's the identity I would say that they've got right now because it's been not just in that ball game on Saturday, but uh, obviously the week before against Louisville, they, they had a bad first half, uh, defensively especially, and, and then a really good second half offensively and defensively. Uh, against Indiana State, you could say, well, that was expected because Indiana State's a, a team that's struggling and nowhere near has the man talent that Indiana has. And then in that first ball game, you just got the feeling, well, the offense is going to be slow coming because you're still battling for trying to figure out who's going to be your starting quarterback. And yet your defense played really well in that game, or at least kept Indiana in the ball game in that contest. So you've got the feeling that defense might carry the day for this football team this year. But, wow, the last the inconsistency is certainly the right term to be used by this for this football team right now and in my mind there's no way to predict what's going to happen the rest of the year don we know that the goal is to make a bowl game and through four games as big 10 conference play approaches got two wins now this question is slightly nullified because my co-host knows that i use going to the big house and beating michigan on stun. october 14th they're gonna stun the world so october so, 14th, so yep. there's already one win there so maybe this nullifies <laughs> this question a loss to maryland what does that do to the bowl counter when you look at the big 10 slate for the hoosiers this year well i mean, a lot of people would have said going in that maryland was probably going to be a heavy favorite in this ball game against indiana and that's probably still the case uh, they're, they're going to be the favorite for sure but, but at the same time, and, and I, I hate predicting because I think it just makes you look stupid at the end of the thing when nothing you said comes out right. So all I can <laughs> tell you at this point is uh, I think this team is up in the air right now. Uh, if they don't have focus going into this game against Maryland, they'll get blown away. If they do have focus and they play up to their capabilities, they'll give Maryland all they can handle. But unfortunately, right now, we have no idea whether that's going to happen or not based on what we just saw. Don, last question for me is about Maryland itself. I, you know, it's interesting because 
I guess when Maryland joined the Big Ten, I I, I didn't think about the fact that, and I I don't know that I realized that it's basically in suburban D.C. I mean, it's it's. So my question is, when you go into an environment like that, knowing that it's a good football team, but is it the typical on-campus type raucous feel, intimidating type crowd, or is it a, a, an environment that is fairly manageable so long as you get off to a good start? I think if you were talking about their basketball program, they have a really good basketball program, as you know, at Maryland, and their crowds are really good. And when Indiana comes to town, Maryland looks at Indiana, especially from a basketball perspective, as being one of those marquee wins if they can get it. And they they respond accordingly, the fan base I'm talking about. Their student body is really jacked into it, and, and so you that's what you get. From a football perspective, I don't think it's quite as much, but this Maryland team under Loxley has really built their their fan base a little bit since he's been there. They think that they've got something special going on with uh, Tungabaloa at the quarterback position and then the rest of the skill position people that they have. And they've added to that uh, with transfer portal people, their offensive and defensive side of the ball. So uh, I think this is going to be a really tough, tough test for this Indiana ball club. It's their first true road game of the year. Of course, they played at Lucas Oil, but the other three games were here at Memorial Stadium. I think it's going to be a real challenge for this Indiana ball club, and they're going to have to bounce back with their best performance of the season, like I said earlier, if they have a chance to win it. Game will be at 3.30 coming up on Saturday. Of course, you can hear it on 93 WIBC, our sister station. Don, appreciate the time as always. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Don Fisher, the voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. Mike Chappell is the Colts writer, of course, from Fox 59 CBS 4 here in Indianapolis. Kind enough to join us each Monday, as he does now. And, Mike, I'm going to begin with this question for you. I've been mulling this over in my mind over and over. Part of me during that game yesterday, and I thought, you know, look, that was obviously for the Colts a very good performance. And I loved that, you know, there's nothing better. I mean, fall, the weather's great. Before the weather turns, the Colts are leading. They're surprising people. It's it's us against the world type mentality. I, I love it for the city. I love it for the fans. And then there's part of me also deep down that's like, but unless they're going to make a deep playoff run, I don't know how much it helps them this for this year because they still need assets around Richardson. Then I think, I don't know, maybe they have assets and we didn't realize it. Is the truth kind of somewhere in all of that? Yeah, I, I, and I understand your argument. This is all about winning three or four games and getting a top three pick and getting Marvin Jr. or whatever. But you don't know. I mean, you, you just don't know. You've got to – if you're the, if you're the DeForest Buckner, you think he cares about the draft next year? Hell no. So you, you, just, you just try to win and you try to get what you can. And, you know, maybe Jacksonville's not that good. Maybe you've got a pretty good – Tennessee's not very good. Tennessee's bad. So maybe you've got a legit chance in the AFC South. You know, we'll see. But you just, you can't, as a fan base, yes, you can think about that. But don't take that narrative into the locker room because you might get smacked. <laughs> but but I totally understand it. But you, you just try to win each week. And here, here we go, Mr. You know, Nuclelouche cliches. But that's what you do. And if at the end of the year you won – you know, more games, and now you're drafting, you know, middle of pack or in the 20s, whatever. Well, then that's just the way it is. 
and you make the best out of your picks. So I'm kind of curious where this goes. I think it's, you know, not, not many people. I think, I think Kevin's Max might have picked the Colts. I'm not sure if I remember right. I think he did. But not many people picked the Colts. And the fact that you go into Baltimore and you can smack the Ravens, it's, it's kind of cool, isn't it? I mean, really. So I, I think it's one where you just ride just where it goes. And at the end, you kind of see, well, yeah, it's kind of, we didn't make the playoffs or, or whatever. So it hurt our it hurt our draft spot. But at the same time, one of the things that Shane Steichen has to do is the old culture that everybody loves to talk about. Well, th- there's something to that. There is something to that. And the way you do that is to, to play to the end and play through bad plays and benefit from, from good plays that didn't go against you and see where you're at. So I, I'm right now I'm all about winning what you can win. And in January we'll see if they messed up by winning too many times. Mike, 1 to 10 scale, 10 being the most, 1 being the least because you're factoring in injury and other such things. What is your level of concern still with the offensive line and their consistency or inconsistency? Oh, probably a five. I don't know. Would they give up five sacks yesterday? Three were on Minshew or or the scheme. I mean, you know, okay, let's say two of them. You know, once Kyle Hamilton gets you the first time, then, then you don't adjust. I mean, holy smokes. And keep in mind, they were playing their number three center. Uh Wesley French because Danny Penner is out, and then Josh Sills has to go in for for Will Fry. So I understand, I understand it, but let's not forget that Baltimore's got a pretty good defense. I mean, they, they got they got some stud players up front. So yeah, it's got to get better. You know, at the same time, Zach Moss ran for one twenty two. I mean, that that's I think I went back and looked. That's the fifth, the second highest total against Baltimore by a runner in the last like three years. So, yeah, yes, those things are cleaned up, but when you've got your number three center and a backup right guard in because of injuries or whatever, in totality, I think they're further along than what I thought they might be. Bernard Ryman, he's a left tackle. He is a left tackle. And this will be one of those uh, uh, interesting uh, decisions in about three years is what are you going to pay Bernard Ryman? At left tackle, I mean, you know, big money. So I, I always thought that a few things come out of this season is get, get the quarterback up to speed, which he, he will be, and find out if you got a left tackle. And I think they've got a left tackle. The Dean Mike Chappell of Fox 9 CBS4 joins us on Query and Company. Chapp, you mentioned Zach Moss, 122 yards you referenced. Comes on 30 carries against, as you mentioned, a talented Ravens defense. Did he prove yesterday that he's capable of – leading this backfield regardless of what happens with Jonathan Taylor? Are you asking me if I don't want Jonathan Taylor? No, 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 no. Let me clarify that. Uh, assuming Jonathan Taylor is not – Jonathan Taylor does not return to the Colts, whether on his own volition, whether he's traded. I'm saying that JT is not an option for the Colts. Zach Moss proved that I'm good. You don't need to worry about bringing in other veterans or fully doing this by committee. I, I can be a workhorse back for you for a season. Yeah, but you need but you need help. And Trey Sermon maybe. I mean, it was – it's really unfair to even judge Trey Sermon because he had like three practices. But I think I think he could be that 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 guy that gives you a, a little bit of a breather. But no, I mean, what, 
I think I looked the last six games by Zach Moss. It's like 90 yards a game. Uh, uh, averages 90 yards and 4.6. He's had a couple hundred yard games. Now, what what he really lacks is, you know, the the, the breakaway 60, 70 yard speed. But you know, there, there's only a handful of guys that have got that. So yeah, I, I think I think so. But th- but they need to find a little bit of help, and a little bit of help will come when they get the quarterback back, and he can. And he, and he can, you know, give you five or six plays in 30, 40 yards. So, yeah, I guess long-winded, yes, he's good enough. But JT would still make, you know, a world of difference. And we'll find out next week probably on what might be happening with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, with that, Mike, because I guess we have what now? I'm trying to think. How many weeks left before he comes off of one week left, right, before he would have to come off next pup? Week. Yeah. Next week, yep. Uh, and so then at that point, what, what is the next procedural thing for the Colts in terms of is there anything that they have to – is there a timeline on when they have to make a decision about activating, et cetera, or can he continue? Can they put him back on another pup list? Where do things stand in terms of what the protocol would be? Yeah, so I'll look at this better. I, I believe that once you're up, you start on pup, you're at four games – and then it's it clicks a three week window, I believe, twenty one day window where, for, for, you know, he's got he's got to pass his physical, and at the end of that window, he's either activated or he's uh, on pup the rest of the year. If I'm wrong, then I'll next week I'll clear it up. But it, the first thing he's got to do is pass his physical, you know, and, and, and then we'll go from there. And talking to KB about this, and he's really right is. I keep thinking that they're just going to trade him because he doesn't want to be here. They don't seem to – the team doesn't seem to want to be here, although I think Chris Ballard really wants him here. But if you don't want him here, somebody's got to be willing to trade for him. And what the heck's Miami wanting for? What was he to score 80? I mean, for crying out loud. Uh, so maybe maybe you won't have that, that necessary interest when the time comes to dump him. So the best thing would be obviously for him to come in here and play, just play out, play out his rear end and, and show that he's healthy, and then he can worry about next year, next year, whether that's a franchise tag, whether that's an extension with the Colts, whether that's a trade. But first and foremost, he has to pass his physical, which everyone believes he can and he will. And then they've got a few uh, a few weeks to get him right and we'll see if he's actually going to be in his backfield again. maybe he is uh and again he, he would just add so much to what they could do offensively they're still needing those chunk plays those explosive plays boss gave him a couple yesterday and Pittman made that one great catch but by and large this team still doesn't have a lot of you know explosion in their offense and that's jt in a in in, in a nutshell is explosive plays Mike Chappell is our guest. By the way, one NFL note, just found out wide receiver Mike Williams of the Chargers uh, out for the season with a knee injury uh, after a big day yesterday for Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. Um, Mike Chappell joining us from WXIN and from CBS4, of course. Mike, one of the things about me that you probably know, because we've known each other a long time, sometimes I get transfixed on things. I cling to them, right? Like I get something in my mind and I can't shake it loose. And I like that. So I, I want to revisit 
this topic and and then uh, again give you the opportunity to tell me that it's time to turn the page officially and move on from this thought. I thought Gardner Minshew yesterday looked good. Um, he clearly is a pro's pro, and I just think the world of the guy. I love the way that he played. I think he knows his own limitation. Um, did he have a couple of plays he'd like to have back? Sure. But clearly for the New York Jets, the Zach Wilson thing is going absolutely nowhere. And I think they wanted to give that a look-see, and they've seen enough to now know that that's going to go nowhere. In the case of the Colts, this is clearly Anthony Richardson's team and his future. As he's coming back now and Gardner Minshew got just enough to show that, yes, in fact, with a roster around him that is really good in the Jets' case, he can win you a game and he can do it better than Zach Wilson. Is it still, do you think, am I crazy for still thinking I would make the phone call to see if the Jets have interest in him and do you think the Jets would? Well, it's it's it, one thing that's hard is to, to bring in a quarterback on on a Monday or a Tuesday and then try to get him up to speed in two weeks or or whatever. But it's, they're going to basically have to do that. The Jets are with no matter who well, they have taking snaps, right? No, 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 no question, no question. And also, the Jets have got an awful. You, you want to talk bad offensive lines? The Jets have got a bad offensive line, and Minshew's uh, uh, strengths are lessened when there's pressure in his face. I understand what you're saying. And one thing to, to keep in mind in your original argument about winning too many games and draft picks and all this, you know, all of a sudden, you know, two and one, I, it's so early, it's so early. But it, it's it's two and one, and, and all of a sudden, maybe the AFC South isn't Jacksonville's. Maybe they're not, maybe they're Jacksonville, you know what I mean? From the past, uh, so maybe you're not going to give up on this season. And then, well, if Richardson has another injury, then it's Sam Ellinger. Well, Sam was played, and Sam should have beat Washington last year. You know, if Gilmore knocks the ball down to to McLaren, the Colts win. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess if I could get a four for him, you won't get a three. I don't think. I would I would like to listen and, and see what they say. So, but yeah, I, I, I guess I wouldn't simply turn it down because of all the things we've talked about. And I think Sam Ellinger is better can can do enough to keep you going because you're really only going to go as far as Richardson takes you. You know, they didn't. Well, I don't want to dump on Gardner Minshew. Uh, he did. He 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 made a few plays yesterday, but he was probably fourth or fifth on my list of why they won. Maybe a few notches below that, just because that's what Baltimore does to you. They just make you look bad. They make you look ugly. They make you look like you don't know what you're doing. But he, he, they didn't lose. God, boy, they didn't lose because of Gardner Minshew. That's not a compliment at all. But yeah, I I, I would listen. And if they gave me something decent, a three, boy, a three, how do you not? How do you not? And that, that would show you the, the trust they have in, in Sam Ellinger. Uh, interesting uh, with the Jets. What, what a mess. I mean, it's almost – it's comically painful to watch Mike Greenberg in the morning go from Aaron Rodgers and wearing his jersey before the season started 
to being Kevin Bacon in Animal House and and just panicking. So (laughs) I I, I, I draw some pleasure from that, but that's an interesting topic, and I, I won't totally dismiss it. Chat, building off that same topic, this is not my question, but you know as well as anybody for as long as you've covered this team that Colts fans, like any fan base, will get antsy. To the Colts fan that says, I don't know if I want to see Richardson back out there. Let's let this Minshew thing ride. Maybe he can lead us to the playoffs. You say what? Well, I'll get you guys fined if I said what I would want to say. <laughs> That's BS. That's just garbage. Now, I'll tell you, I, would not, I wouldn't even listen if he was out there 20 for 30 for 350 and three touchdowns. I wouldn't. I, I just wouldn't. Uh, and that's not what it was. Remember, what was he, a 5.1 yards in attempt? Something that's like that. That's not going to win. That's not sustainable. So, you know, if, if people need to say Minshew mania and all that, hey, knock yourself out. Have another couple of beers. So then it makes really good sense to you. But no, no. He's a backup quarterback. And I hope that Gardner Minshew understands what his role is. I think he tells us he does. So hopefully he does. No, this is this is Richardson. I think he practices Wednesday, probably limited. He's still got to go through protocol. He's not out of protocol at all. He and Ryan Kelly. But no, let's let's just let's really let's not tap the brakes. Let's slam on the brakes on that right now. And as soon as Richardson is ready, he is a starting quarterback without question. Five point two yards. By the way, chap, don't sell him short. I'm sorry. I hate to sell him <laughs> short. I'm sorry. Mike, I saw an interesting quote yesterday, and I apologize. I don't know the specific player off the top of my head's recall. But to paraphrase it, one of the Texans players after their game yesterday where they defeated Jacksonville was talking about and praising C.J. Stroud and said, man, the best thing to happen to us was late in the year when Indianapolis beat us because we fell to C.J. Stroud. And I thought, that's kind of a backhanded compliment because is that not an admission that, yes, in fact, they also would have taken Bryce Young, number one? Um, again, it's so early. You know, Justin Fields, who also, of course, an Ohio State quarterback, looked like a guy that was going to be the deal in Chicago, and then water finds its level, and now he is really struggling. It's just so hard to know at the quarterback position, but – in fact, is C.J. Stroud to you, Mike, have we seen enough to know that this guy could be the guy, or is it still just way too early? Well, when you say the guy, I think he's shown – we've seen enough that he's going to be a guy who can play and lead a team and and maybe be something special. I don't want to go there yet. But it's sort of the same with Anthony Richardson. I've seen enough in what he played five quarters to know that this isn't too big for him. And and if he can avoid a few of those plays, and they a couple of them are avoidable. The last one was avoidable. It just was. I'm convinced of it. That if he doesn't downshift a little, he doesn't get the concussion because he doesn't get hit. But I've seen enough to believe it. He he he's right. C.J. Stroud's right. Bryce Young. I tell you, I don't know. I I, I you've you've got the height issue and the weight issue. But he just looks lost. And and maybe as a rookie, that's okay. But I'd much rather have the two guys that the Colts and Houston have and look to the future as opposed to Bryce Young. But maybe Bryce Young comes out. Remember Peyton Manning in his third or fourth game in New England on the road? Looked awful. Looked like, you know, don't throw that ball across the field. You know better than that. 
but it's 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 the rookie year is all about learning, seeing things that you never thought you would see, coming through it, bad times, and coming out the other side. And I think the two guys in the AFC South have shown us enough, I think, to think that, yeah, these guys have got it and these two franchises are in pretty good hands if they get the team around them better. And Chris Ballard knows that. He's got work to do. Uh, but but at least when you've got the quarterback, you get a chance. How many times have we talked about it? When you get the quarterback – I would rather have the really, really good quarterback than the really, really good coach. I just would. But uh, I think the coaches have got two of those right now, and that's a good step into the future. Mike, when you look back at Peyton Manning's rookie year, I recall in the preseason, I believe it was, when they played the Chargers, Ryan Leaf had like a quarterback sneak and spiked the ball. Yep. And I think it was Dave first. I don't want to throw Dave under the bus, but I, I remember looking at whoever was next to me. might have been Hagan up in the press box and we're like did they take the wrong guy (laughs) you know and of course you laugh at it now right but can you if you were able to go in the way back were there ever doubts in your mind during that rookie year and I say this only to offer precedent to people to be cautious about you know having a rookie quarterback and and the highs and lows that can come for your expectation were there any times during the course of the year of Peyton Manning's rookie year where you, in fact, did have had a little bit of doubt? And was there a definitive moment where you're like, okay, my doubt can now completely be put to bed? No real doubts. Uh, first of all, Ryan Leaf imploded from the get-go. I mean, he, he was – and it was just sort of appropriate that Peyton's first victory, I think, was against Ryan Leaf. It was an ugly game. It was like 17-12. to 12. But the, 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 the flashpoint – and I talked to Peyton about this, and he agrees, and, and I was – it was in Frisco when they went out there and got beat. I don't know what it was, 30, 24, whatever it was. And they got absolutely hosed. The NFL, the officials were just, they had three or four plays that just killed the Colts. And the NFL, it was so obvious. NFL came out like that next Tuesday or Wednesday and said, yeah, we really botched those plays. Uh, sorry, Indy. Uh, but from that time on, which was like week eight or nine, you knew. You knew he was the real deal, and not that you didn't know before, because there, there was always something about Peyton that, that even even in the bad times at New England or whatever, he he just he just carried himself the right way. You know, the, the it factor he had it. But after the Frisco game on the road, when they just flat and should have beat him, you knew that this was going to work out. Now, you didn't know it was going to kind of take off like it did once they got Edger in the next year. But, uh, yeah, I, so, so, yeah, be careful. I, I, I'm just questioning whether any of these rookies will play enough to get those 28 interceptions. I don't think they will. That's, that's still the, the one stain, a small stain on Peyton's resume that he always jokes about, with the record, rookie record. I don't think anyone's going to get that. But, uh, again, I, I think the Colts got their guy. I really do. And I think Houston got their guy. And, and uh, as I say, when you get the quarterback, all things are possible. Do you think yesterday said more about Mike Chappell, the Houston Texans or the Jacksonville Jaguars, in seeing the way that Houston was able to really control the entire pace of the game against the other from the AFC South and Jacksonville? It, doesn't say, it had to say something about Jacksonville. I mean, they were the, they were, are the overwhelming favorite to win the division, yet 
as I said earlier, we've all fallen for this for this line before. Well, this is a year that Jacksonville loaded up in free agency, this, that, and the other, and then they and then and then they fall. And what they've lost two in a row at home. And I still like Trevor Lawrence. I still like Doug Peterson, but there, there was something wrong. And uh, so I, 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 I still don't. I still think Jacksonville's the real deal because of the guy, the quarterback, and the coach. But they had to throw some serious jitters into their fan base by how they played. I think have they lost their last two at home. So that's that's why I say with the Colts, it's it's so easy to say, hey, you know, maybe it's it's only two and one. But I tell you, and then here we are in the media. We look ahead. You've got the Rams who play tonight, and then I don't know. They stay here. They go home, and then fly back next weekend. And then you got Tennessee at home. So you know why not? Why why can't you do things that only people inside the building really thought you could do? Although I'd love to have a a, a, a lie detector test with with everybody in that building and how many of them thought they could beat Baltimore really. But boy, they did, and, and it's it's just kind of cool to see things happen that you don't expect. And with Matt Gay, and, and if you get Richardson back this week, and maybe Kelly, and then sort of kind of grow the offense where where you think it can be. So until they end up, you know, two and two and fifteen, I think you just ride this and see where it takes you. Just remember, Mike. Athletes and coaches don't pay attention to the media, and they don't read what anybody writes until you predict your game incorrectly. And then, how many times have we heard that? What I always say is, well, then who who read it to you? Because if if you didn't read it, somebody sure the hell read it to you. That's right. Yeah, it's it's funny. With you know, now Lou Holtz is under their skin. Really, you're letting Lou Holtz. Ruin your day? Are Chap, you crazy? Like I said earlier about Ryan Day, the most impressive thing that Ryan Day did this week was not go in and win at Notre Dame. It was actually understanding what the hell Lou Holtz said, right? <laughs> yeah, I quit think I quit listening to Lou Holtz. God bless him a long time ago. But if 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 it, if that motivates teams when 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 Lou Holtz says that, then God love you. You have problems. <laughs> well, Mo Ali Cox made sure to point out that every member of this radio station predicted the Baltimore Ravens would win that game but to be fair the Colts hadn't shown anything leading up to it to give us reason to believe now they have so kudos to them right well my my grandson picked up picked, picked the Colts 24-21 so and he and he let his dad know that tell grandpa that uh he didn't know what he's talking about so, okay. <laughs> pretty bad when your grandson your grandson's trash talking you <laughs> that's right your grandson hey grandson admits that he that he reads it right at least he knew that's right, right. <laughs> that's right Hey, Chap, appreciate it, and uh, look forward, especially in the next week, to the Jonathan Taylor coverage in terms of how that all develops. But we'll talk to you again next week. Always appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, Mike Chappell joining us on the hotline.